Welcome to another episode of the Movement Fluidity Podcast, where we share anecdotes and reveal science on the topic of fluid and efficient movement. Here we explore tools for improving movement quality and athleticism for those with and without disabilities. My name is Charlie Graffius, and I am currently studying motor learning and motor control at Teachers College, Columbia University, and I was born with cerebral palsy. I use myself as a test subject to explore the human mind and body and also prove that anything is possible. Before we get started, if you are enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review on the platform of your choice, such as Spotify or Apple. And yeah, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. It's going to be a short one today, just a solo episode. And I'm going to be going over the fundraising event that I will be participating in to raise money for cerebral palsy research. And also we'll just touch on some some basic life updates and what's been going on here in New York City. So first time for me with uh, fundraising in terms of CP specific for cerebral palsy and will definitely not be the last, hopefully the first time of many. And uh, just really excited to get more involved in the CP community and the community of people with disabilities in general. Um, spending so much time researching and learning about these topics makes me want to be involved more and more with the community because the long days and nights of reading and writing about this topic just almost can separate you from the actual humans who have the specific disabilities, in my case, CP, that I am researching so much. So getting so deep into the books, in my opinion, doesn't make much sense without bringing it back to the fact that there are actual humans out there to connect with. And luckily, given this opportunity here in New York City to meet some people, raise some money, and also get quite a workout in um, because the fundraising event I'm doing is called the TD5 Borough Bike Tour. So it's 40 miles biking in all five of the boroughs here in New York City, and it's taking place on May 5th this year, 2024. I will be a charity rider, uh, which means that I can start in any wave, not necessarily going for the win and probably starting relatively late where I'm able to meet more people, other people with cerebral palsy and different movement disorders um, and people that are affiliated with the different alliances that are sponsoring this. But who knows, I can definitely get competitive at some times. We'll see as the bike race gets going, but due to my current training and experience in biking, I don't see myself competing for for the actual race and most likely will just be really trying to finish the 40 miles in any any way that I can. I don't even have a bike yet. I've, I've biked a lot when I was a kid, when I was younger, but have not owned a bike for the last at least five years. So if there is anybody listening that has an idea for a good cheap bike, a brand or any any advice really i am a complete newbie to this let me know that would be greatly appreciated so because of that i haven't started the training either i guess i have 
let's see, March, April, just over two months. So, wow, that th puts things into perspective. I, uh, I might need to get going on this a little sooner than I thought. But spring weather already here in the city. It's been in the 50s and touching the 60s in the next couple of days. So weather won't be an issue. It's just going to come down to getting the bike and putting in a few miles. Um, the the 40 mile distance doesn't scare me too much. When I was younger, I would pretty consistently do 20 or 30 mile bike rides for fun with some family and friends, but the body definitely needs time to adapt. So we will see how it is getting back to that level. As for the map of the race, starting at the southern tip of Manhattan, the bikers go through Central Park um, into the Bronx for a very small portion and then back into Manhattan on the Upper East Side for a little bit. And then they cross over into Queens, down into Brooklyn, and finishing in Staten Island. And I believe there is a big hill on the bridge to Staten Island that is supposedly brutal. So after 39 miles or so, finishing up with a steep uphill, I am excited for, for that challenge, definitely. And the goal for my fundraising is to raise a minimum of $1,000. I am going to leave a link to donate in the description below and will also be in the bio of all of my social media accounts. Anything is greatly appreciated. If you know a friend or family member that may be interested in helping to raise money for a great cause, please share it with them and feel free to put them in touch with me if they have any more questions. Um, this is a really exciting time for CP research as there are a lot of things that have been proven to help people but are not really mainstream yet. So this combined with the fact that research in CP is beginning to focus more on the adult population, which has been overlooked for many years. Um, people with CP don't disappear or magically heal once they turned 18 years old, in case anybody didn't know. But the research really is shifting and funding for different modalities and training protocols for adults in particular is uh, really starting up and the donations that anyone makes will really help with that. The organization that is sponsoring this is called CPARF, C-P-A-R-F, and it stands for the Cerebral Palsy Alliance Research Foundation. So they merged with CPRN actually which is uh, Cerebral Palsy Research Network. And if you've listened to any of my previous episodes, this is the, s the same foundation that is supporting Jake Aaron's 4,000-mile hike in Europe. If you guys don't know Jake, he was an amazing guest on the podcast, I believe three or four months ago. And he has hiked the Appalachian Trail with Cerebral Palsy, being the first person to do so. And now, as we speak, is actually on his way over to Europe to hike a 4,000-mile trail, uh, starting in Spain and heading east. I'm not sure exactly where he finishes up. 
the people at CPARF support um, support research for people who are already doing the work uh, that needs to be mainstream to a greater degree, just as I talked about a few minutes ago. So, for example, things like accessible gaming or braces that have been proven to be effective, but only a small portion of the percentage of people with CP have access to this. Uh, a, a big part of the research that C CPARF is funding is putting money towards re uh, giving resources to people who are able to make these things more mainstream. And while going down the rabbit hole of optimizing motor learning and motor control is of interest to me, it's, it's fun in my opinion. I like experimenting with, with myself and learning about the nervous system, but the inclusion piece is much more important for this population as a whole. Just need to get people with CP moving and really allow them to use the devices and the methods which are already scientifically proven to improve movement function is of utmost importance because there's a lot of research there, but these things aren't being implemented as much as they should. Cerebral palsy research is vastly underfunded. Um, this is a quote from the CPARF website, and it says, especially given how common this disability is, in the face of that, cerebral palsy researchers have made strides and advances over the last 15 years, paving the way for us to continue to change what's possible for cerebral palsy. So what they do, they their investments are for grants that are given out to private funding in top researchers around the world that are working on promising science for this topic. And it helps to advance research, especially to the critical clinical trial stage. So for example, testing how well new medical approaches, including drugs, devices, or treatments actually work with human subjects after the studies are done in a laboratory or in theory. So uh, really just implementing into the clinical trial stage is the, the focus for CPARF. And some examples of uh, the research subtopics related to CP that they give funding to includes epidemiology, general movement assessments, and preterm birth research as well as many more. That's all I've got on the fundraiser and the bike race, but it would really be appreciated. Just need to raise $1,000, anything helps. Uh, please reach out if you have any more questions. Um, now getting into what I have been up to. So in the spring semester here at Columbia, this is going to be published on March 1st, and we are we are already approaching midterms. It's flying by even more than I thought it would. Um, actually, one of my classes is finishing up. We have our final in a week because it's only a condensed class. So definitely been a busy semester, but embracing the grind of it and just reminding myself that it isn't supposed to be easy at times to get a master's degree. So just enjoying the grind, like I said. Also, 
joined the New York City Adaptive Climbing Group because, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, really trying to get involved more and more with the community of people with disabilities. And it's a, a really great place in New York City to do so. Um, just the, the whole population increase here allows for many more groups and many more people to meet. So really grateful for that. And uh, grateful to Delina. Shout out to Delina for the invitation to this climbing group. She's a PhD student that also works in the CP lab here. And she also has cerebral palsy and is an absolute beast of a climber. Uh, so thank you, Delina, for teaching me the ropes and am excited to get back to climbing soon. What we do is indoor climbing uh, with the, the belayer. So with that big rope and somebody is attached to it on the ground. I haven't learned that yet. I need to actually pass that test before I can do it. So right now, all my time spent is climbing and talking, meeting people. And it's a really amazing group there. It's not just CP, it's people with all sorts of disabilities. There were people climbing with one arm, with one leg, with visual impairments, and they were all just pushing themselves and motivating me a ton to push myself as well. After seeing some of these people that uh, have maybe more of an impairment than I do, just realizing that they're really pushing what is possible. And if you walked into the gym, you may, might not think that they would be able to do what they're doing, but uh, every week they're crushing it and just uh, just just crushing it. That, that's it. So doing that about once a week, I'm going to get back into it soon. And also planning to join the outdoor ice climbing events that they do at some point. Um, I've never done any sort of outdoor climbing. It, it kind of terrifies me because heights in general terrify me. And slowly, every time I climb, that's getting a little bit better. But in an outdoor environment, I feel like I would be really scared. So we'll see about that. But if it comes up, I can't say no to that. Lastly, the point I wanted to talk about is just about trying to live a, a balanced life with the types of working out that I'm doing, uh, which is essentially most of my hobbies. Um, I'm somebody who always wants to dive deep into a topic or a sport and completely obsess over one thing. Uh, sports in the past that I've done this, if you guys have listened to any previous episodes, have been baseball, tennis, playing both of those in college, and then getting into hiking, and recently jujitsu. One thing that's attractive about starting a new sport is the learning curve at the beginning is really steep, and that brings me in. And then the people involved, if it's a great community, that always keeps you. And then it also somewhat becomes your identity, like it did with, with baseball for me in college. And when I got cut from the baseball team, it took away my identity and I ended up switching to play tennis, which created a new identity. And that was better than anything I ever could have imagined with baseball. So just keeping in mind that when one door closes, another opens. And 
trying to just keep a lot of doors open, I guess. I, I guess that's how I would put it right now because of all the opportunities here in New York City. So a few things I've been doing are dancing, actually, getting into ballroom dancing and some ecstatic dancing, which is really something else. Look that up if you guys are not familiar. Getting in a couple workouts a week, experimenting in the gym, also playing sports such as basketball, tennis, and jiu-jitsu, but without any schedule. So really just going with the flow of what opportunities arise. And in the past, I've always thought I need to do this type of workout twice a week and play this sport three or four times a week. But that really locks you in and does not allow for freedom and creativity and uh, just meeting more people, getting different uh, stimulus to the body from different types of exercise and uh, yeah just taking in all sorts of things that this city and the world has to offer so going with the flow had to tie it into movement fluidity you know always trying to do that and I, I, I do agree I'm not just saying it because that's the title of the podcast I think it is an important part of movement fluidity to have a balanced life in terms of of uh, the workout types that I'm doing. All right, that is all we've got today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Movement Fluidity Podcast. We will be back next month, April 1st, for a full episode. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe, leave a review on Spotify or Apple. And again, if you are interested in supporting Cerebral Palsy Research, Click the link in my des description below. Um, any donation is greatly appreciated. It will also be in the link for my bios on social media. And again, if you know a friend or family member who may be interested in this episode or interested in donating, please share this with them. You can find me, Charlie Graffius, on Instagram at charlie.graffius, Facebook at charliegraffius, and email charliegraffius at gmail.com. Hope you guys have a great day.